When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download their app. Be sure to use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Join me by my guys, Big Dave, Bow, BWL Sports, and Will the Goat Gottlieb. Will underscore Gottlieb. Our panel producer, Joey Spath, is operating the controls behind the scenes. Hope everybody... Had a wonderful weekend and enjoyed some uh, more entertaining NBA playoff action over the weekend. We will get to that later on in today's show, but wanted to kick things off talking about the big news in the NBA today. All rookie teams announced earlier this afternoon. Uh, Before we dive into that, gentlemen, how are we doing? How was everybody's weekend? Will, are you bummed that our our first softball game of the season was rained out tonight? I'm a little bummed, but I got to say, man, this weather... I'm just feeling like groggy. I feel like I would not have been on my A game today. So I'll just mm. have to settle for being on my hey. B game for this podcast instead. The <laughs> weather is why he wouldn't be on his A game. Yeah. I'm looking for any excuse I can find, Dave. <laughs> you'll do wonderful. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you'll be great. Uh, all right, gentlemen. So all rookie first and second teams announced earlier this afternoon. I don't think Bulls fans were really uh, surprised or heartbroken in any fashion to see the Bulls left off of these rookie selections considering the fact that Dale and Terry, I believe, appeared in just 38 games for the Bulls this season, averaging 5.6 minutes per game. But let's talk – we'll talk about Dale in a minute, but first wanted to get your guys' thoughts on these team selections. Starting with the all-rookie first team, we have uh, Rookie of the Year, Paolo Caro. Orlando, the uh, the guy that made some Bulls fans have a little bit of FOMO, but Walker Kessler from Utah, Benedict Matherin had a great season with the Pacers, Egan Murray, Sacramento, and Jalen Williams, that's J-A-L-E-N Williams, from the OKC Thunder. Gentlemen, any of these names surprise you, or did you think like this was pretty much chalk as far as what you expected from first-team All-Rookie this year? Uh, no, I wasn't surprised. Uh, not even a little bit. That's really how it should look. Uh, those were the guys that did the best. Like all rookie first teams, for me, after you know the rookie of the year, the rest of the rookie teams are just names that you remember saying over and over again. That's really what it is. Like if I remember mentioning your name several times, then you're going to be <laughs> first team all rookie. If I mentioned it a couple of times, you'll be second team all rookie. That's That's really how that goes. So I'm not surprised by any of it. Uh, my favorite thing was seeing Jalen Williams on there because, you know, Will and I share an affinity for that man and just how good he really is. Um, I'm glad it was showcased out in OKC. And he's personally, I just think, going to get better. Uh, his IQ of the game is really down. He's just so well-rounded of a player. And I just expect uh, greater things from him. But uh, Walker Kessler, Texas Ranger, shout out to him for, for being on that list as well. Um to do it in Utah when the, and it's a season where you're supposed to be tanking. Uh, he was a big vital piece for them. He really was. He gave, he solidified a position for them, a uh, position. They haven't had a, a great center. I shouldn't even call him great, but they haven't had a good center. That's fair. I, they haven't had a good center since Mark Eaton. And yes, I'm counting Greg Oak to tag in that. He, he wasn't good. He was all right. Excuse but, me. What about this uh, Rudy Gobert erasure that we're experiencing right now? Said, 
You heard what I wow. said. Wow. <laughs> Four-time defensive player of the year? Oh, yay, because he's tall. Great. <laughs> awesome. Wow. He's all right. Nope, they didn't like him. They, they're happy he's gone. All right, he, he's, he's on Minnesota. He'll be traded again. Future bull. We'll see what happens. But <laughs> no, that's just me hating. I'm just me hating on Rudy I know, Gobert. I know, I know. Obviously, he was awesome. Obviously, Rudy Gobert did his damn thing out there for sure, man. But but yeah, Walker Kessler, man, following in some nice uh, footsteps, some good traditions uh, in Utah as far as big men are concerned. Um, yeah, no, I like the team. I really do. I think it's a really solid uh, first team all rookie team. Yeah, uh, Jalen Williams was definitely uh, my guy heading into the draft last year. Very happy for him. And, and he even exceeded what I thought he could have done. I mean, I think he did it in a way that made sense to me. Like he can do a little bit of everything. You see him create a little bit. You can see the outlines of somebody who could be a really good secondary complementary player. And this OKC team is just set up so well for the future. So um, good for him. Obviously, you know, I was a little bit further down on Walker Kessler than you guys were. And even Mark Williams, who got a couple of second team votes there towards the bottom. Both of those guys just so much better at what they needed to be really good at, which is like playing drop coverage and blocking shots. And if you guys rule crawl, like the reason why I was I was potentially or I was down on those guys is because I I didn't necessarily think that like you have to be at a certain level of rim protector in order to succeed if you're going to be slow footed and if you're going to be a limited in terms of style. And both of those guys have just like far and away um, exceeded what I ever could have seen for them. Walker Kessler, second in the league in block percentage, mm. um, almost three times what Rudy Gobert did this year. So he has been sensational. Um, Keegan Murray, we saw in the playoffs what he can do. Paolo obviously run one rookie of the year. Um, that was a no-brainer. And Matherin, I think, is the one guy. Maybe you could swap him for Ivy. Um, I do think Matherin probably should have been on first team, which obviously he was. Um, and Ivy fell into the spot where I think it worked best for him. But that was the only one where I could see um, even, even a little bit of a debate there. But Matherin, really good player. He's going to be a big-time scorer and big-time foul-drawing merchant for many years to come. Foul drawing merchant. Wow. <laughs> I like that. Uh, unless I'm misremembering how the 22 draft went, Walker Kessler's the only one who was selected, who was drafted after uh, Dale and Terry at 18 for the Bulls. Uh, as far as the first all uh, first team all rookie, yeah. I think there may be one mm -hmm. or two guys on the second all rookie team that were also selected after Dale and um, yeah, I mean, I mean, somebody in the comments uh, a few minutes ago saying, obviously, stating the obvious, would have loved to have Walker Kessler in a Bulls jersey this year. And um, w w a lot of these guys, they're they're top half of the first round, and and some of them top of the lottery. So it makes sense that you expect them to have this big of an impact as rookies because they're playing on younger teams, redeveloping teams, rebuilding teams, and they're playing lots of minutes and they're getting huge percentages of their offensive creation every time down the floor, every night that they play a game. Whereas like some Bulls fans, I think looked at Dalen's rookie year and were like, man, like why can't he get out there? He was just buried at the back end of Billy's rotation. Wasn't, wasn't even in Billy's rotation. If we're being perfectly honest, other than a couple of nights, when Billy said, man, you know what, Dalen, get out, show me what you could do. Um, I, I, get, I get that it's frustrating, uh, but most of these guys, it's not a surprise that they had a bigger impact on their teams, their rookie years, than Dalen did. Yeah. Yeah, and even – Go ahead, Will. Go ahead. I was going to say, even, you know, we haven't gone over the specific names on the second team here, but even just like if you look at the players receiving votes, there were a handful of those guys that were drafted after Dalen, and opportunity – is the reason why you look at Marjan Bocamp, Mar um, Malachi Branham, Jaden Hardy, Jalen Williams, Christian Brown, Andrew Nemhard, all those guys had real opportunity to perform on their teams. Even guys like Christian Brown, who are doing it on really good teams. And then you have guys, you know, like, you know, Nemhard, who, who kind of stepped up and, and played a bigger role during the second half of the season for a Pacers team that wasn't doing so hot. So, um, Opportunity, I think, plays a huge role. And and Dalen played, I believe, the fourth fewest minutes total of any first round draft pick this year. Um, I think think we just gotta wait and see if 
if he can get some more opportunities, some more minutes next year to showcase what he can do. Yeah, it, I'm, you're going to really see me yelling and hollering at Billy Donovan if I don't see this dude getting more that rhymed. time next season. There you go. Will's catching it. Oh, I love it so much. It's catching on. I dig it. But you're really going to see me hollering and screaming at Billy um, if Dalen's not in there getting more time. I like that Dalen took it personally. Uh, I don't know if you saw his tweet uh, a few hours ago that just said, okay, bet. <laughs> that's all it said and i love and i'm like yep yeah take that personally i love it i love it i love it i love his mentality uh i thought he if thought it was many nights that he should have been out there uh on that floor just not even for offensive production but just to give the bulls some energy just to give him a boost on some kind of level and like i tell you all the time every time he comes in he leaves with something like he's doing something he's going to leave with some kind of points because he's not shy about putting it up um, he's going to get some rebounds. He's not shy about mixing it up and he's going to get an assist. Cause he's not shy about passing the ball. So, you know, or starting in the break, like he does those things that I like. So yeah, I'm excited for him to get out there, uh, next season and do that. I, I do want to say, um, on the second team, uh, cause you mentioned Jaden Ivy and you're right. There's an argument that can be made, uh, between him and Benedict. I would have put Jaden Ivy, but that's just cause I'm a Jaden Ivy fan like that. But the one guy I thought should have been on second team was AJ Griffin. I yeah. thought he played well enough to make the second team. When you have two game winners under your belt, you know, as a as a rookie, as you see the second team right there, when you got two game winners under your belt as a rookie, one that tells you the coach is looking for you and believes in what you're doing, and two that tells you that the team trusts you and you just have that confidence of them as well to get a game winning shot. And they did the same play twice because we know it because we saw it happen to us. We saw it happen to our squad that way. So. I thought that he should have been on there. I looked at the numbers between him and uh, Jalen Dur- uh, Jalen Duran, or I don't know if I'm saying his name wrong. Yeah, correct. I apologize. Okay, um, I didn't. Know, I looked at the num- The numbers were pretty similar to me, and I just thought the impact that Griffin had was bigger because it really did affect winning for that team. And who knows, those two extra wins that he got for them, you know, got them, you know, to that playing game as to where they were. So I thought. I thought he should have been on, on the second team. Did you feel there were any, any snubs on your end? Um, I actually think they got the top 10, right? Um, I think, you know, AJ Griffin definitely had moments, but he kind of fell out of the rotation in Atlanta towards the end of the year. They were playing, you know, they've just got so many guys that are all kind of the yeah. same position. Um, and he just wasn't in the mix down the stretch when, when they really needed to put together some wins when Quinn Snyder came over. Um, it's funny though, because you mentioned like impact on winning. And I think this award as compared to a lot of the other ones, it's like the only time some of these young players have a chance to put up the numbers that are required in order to make these teams, they're playing for bad teams. And Mm so it's like this balance of you either get good numbers or you win games, but there's not very many times where you're able to do both. And I think that's where Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran, you know, I mean, that was the worst team in the league all season long. Cade Cunningham went down early and it was just like roll the ball out and, and go play. Um, obviously, you know, they're trying to build something and, and um, build sort of the, the infrastructure for a good team moving forward. Same thing with the Rockets, though. It's like Jabari Smith, Tar Eason. Neither of those guys did anything that was that impressive. Their team was terrible. But just the fact that they were out there for heavy minutes and Tari even Your obviously boy. another one of my guys uh, didn't really play. I mean, he's kind of buried in this rotation. So. It is kind of strange, but I, I think they got the the ten right. Okay. Maybe yeah, I was heart- curious if you were heartbroken uh, the, that Tari Eason did get uh, second team honors in a Rockets jersey instead of a Bulls jersey. Will have you gotten over that yet? <laughs> well, um, let's talk about it more when it comes to like Dalen and the Bulls rotation, but yeah. For the, for the draft, I'm looking at the order here just to kind of remember how things went. It was Mark Williams at 15, AJ Griffin at 16, Tari Eason at 17, or right before Dalen at 18. So a bunch of guys that I really liked. Obviously, Walker Kessler fell all the way to 22. Um, man, this draft was so deep. There's just like a lot of guys, I think, that are going to be quality NBA players, maybe not necessarily superstars, although some guys definitely have the upside there, and I'm really excited to see what Chet Holmgren can do next year but just a a deep draft of quality rotation players. 
And hopefully Dalen can become one of those guys who's a quality rotation player next season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the thing that sticks out to me when you're talking about, as you mentioned a minute ago, Will, these guys playing heavy minutes for these teams that are young and bad. You had multiple teams with multiple guys selected between first and second team, all rookie. Uh, you know, the Rockets had Tari and Jabari Smith Jr. The Pistons had Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivey. Um, it, it, like, it's it's to be expected that a lot of these rookies that are getting these honors are playing on, on trash teams. And I, that's maybe another thing that Bulls fans need to remember as we say to ourselves, wow, this is the first time in four years that the Bulls haven't had a guy make all rookie first or second team. You had Io in 22. Uh, um Patrick Williams in 21, Kobe White in 2020, all all rookie second teams. You had Lowry make all rookie first team 2018. Those were bad teams. Those were young, bad teams. The Bulls finally made the playoffs again for the first time in forever last season, and they they're picking in the late teens, and that that's that's where they get Dalen. Not a whole lot of people who were taking 18 and beyond were playing on you know heavy minutes on on playoff bound teams. Go ahead, Will. You got Yeah, I mean, even the Thunder, who had sort of a similar season, I would say, in terms of um, gunning for the play-in and making it to that sort of middle level, had Jalen Williams and Jalen Williams. So uh, <laughs> right. it's just, it's all about opportunity. And the Bulls, for whatever reason, decided at a, at a certain point or continually made the decision throughout the course of the season that, Dalen Terry was not going to be someone that could help them improve their odds to get to the play into the playoffs. And, you know, I, I would love to have seen more, more of Dalen. And I think we'll have to, to get a sense of what he is and what he can be. But I think it's really just to your point, Matt, just it's opportunity and it's the chance for some of these guys to play. And I also think for Dalen, it's about polishing the skill set that he the skills and the tools that he needs in order to complement some of the bulls players. Because as you said, like a lot of these teams are really young. They don't really have necessarily star players that these guys are coming in to complement right away. Dalen nice connective piece can pass. It can get out and transition defense a little bit, but if you're not going to be a shooter, we know how bad the bulls are at shooting. They need guys that can at least be high volume and get it up there. Dalen 26% three-point shooter this year so on super low volume but the shot also doesn't look great I think he can improve but those are the areas where it's going to be hard for him to even carve out a role to get that opportunity if he doesn't get better yeah and I and I definitely think he'll he'll be better for sure um I also want to shout out uh the real MVP of uh these all rookie teams and that's the letter J uh, the letter J was in full effect on, on this one. There were a total, if we're counting the, all the other players who received votes, there were a total of seven J's in here. There were three Jalens and two Jadens. <laughs> we're just doing the, I'm talking everybody who received votes, you know, everybody. That's a lot. That's a lot. Shout out to the letter J for representing. I don't know why it was your year, but it was your year. You're the real MVP. Shout out to you. Jalen and Jaden. They're all Jalens and Jadens. Mm-hmm. All of them, man. But also all shout out to Jeremy Davis. Sohan, who maybe was yeah. my favorite rookie from this class, just because he had dyed hair in his first jersey, and it reminded me of Dennis, and I loved it. Uh, as, as a guy who also on the defensive end. All right, well, so I guess a couple more thoughts on uh, Dalen from you guys. As we talk about his transition, I know like we shared some footage of him getting work in in the gym um, late last week or over the weekend. I saw somebody angrily commenting, like, why, why isn't there no footage of him working on his jump shot? As you mentioned, Will, that's got to be priority number one right now if he wants to see more playing time. Do you guys have the faith, though? And I know a lot of that will depend on what changes, if any, come as far as the, the guys ahead of him in the rotation as far as the bold offseason decisions possible trades, uh, impending for agencies. Do you see a realistic path for Dalen Terry to go from basically a DNP in his rookie year to a guy playing real minutes for the Bulls next season? Yeah, absolutely. I see it. And and first of all, it's a long off season. All right. Every, I don't want to see every single video of him shooting. There's other things he needs to work on also, as Will pointed out. Yeah, we know shooting's important, but he's got to work on his handle too. That's important as well. He's got to have those things together. Um, so yes, 
And but for me to firmly answer it, I have to see what exactly what the Bulls are going to do with some with a couple of these players. If they're going to get rid of them, if they want, because the first people I come to my mind are Javante Green and Derrick Jones Jr. Uh, I don't think this is me personally thinking. I don't think uh, Javante is going to be back. Um, but Derrick Jones Jr., if he is, I mean, I don't mind giving Daylon Terry his minutes at all. Like it doesn't bother me at all giving Daylon Terry his minutes at all. Two, Daylon Terry has a mentality where it feels like it's going to be hard to keep that dude off the court. Period. Like you, you, you see what he brings for you, and you know what your team is missing. So you can't just continue to say, well, because he's a rookie, because that's going to be over next year. And and I'm not saying Billy Donovan doesn't like rookies. He obviously does. We saw him play IO from the beginning. Uh, but like Will said, it's, it has to be a certain skill set that fits the scheme that he's trying to do. Like, that's obvious of, of what it is. But that's why I like Daylon Terry, because he's a monkey wrench in that uh, aspect. Okay, I don't give a damn if he fits it or not. He's got to be out there because you need that kind of player out there on your floor. He will find he will fit into whatever position you want to have him in, but it can't be super structured with a guy like Daylon Terry. You just have to give this dude the opportunity and allow him to show himself and allow him to prove himself. The only time he got minutes, the only time he got played long minutes on his team, he had 13, 7, and 6. Like you have to give that kind of guy an opportunity to get out there and show what he can do. Because he does a little bit of everything. You know, it's right now, right now it's a jack of all trades, but a master of none situation with Daylon Terry, except for passing. Passing is master. That dude can pass. But everything else, he just does a little bit, you know, well. Like a okay, you know, you know what I mean? Not the great three-point shooter, as we'll point out, 26%. Um, okay, he can get to the bucket, but he don't really have no moves when he gets there, but he can score. Okay, he gets those rebounds, you know what I'm saying? But he's not somebody that you're like go down there and get me, you know, 12. You know what I mean? It's not his kind of game like that. So it's a jack-of-all-trades and a master-of-none situation, and that's why I think he's so focused this offseason is to become a master of many of those trades. And it's going to be hard, and I mean truly hard, to keep that kind of player off of the floor. And I think Billy Donovan and the coaching staff will see that. Yeah, he's a worker. He likes to play basketball, not sit there and watch basketball. And I think he kind of understands at this point that if he's going to get, if he's going to carve out a role and earn himself some minutes, he's going to have to earn those minutes. He's going to have to get better and establish a skill set that warrants him being on the court. And I'll say this for the bulls. Like if they're going to do what it seems like they're going to do, what we kind of think that they're going to do, which is run it back. How do you improve? You have to figure out a way with the pieces that you have to get better a lot of that comes down to internal improvements. And where can you find that most easily? That's with the young guys. That's with Kobe. That's with Aya. That's with Patrick. And that's with Dalen. So I expect Dalen to work. I expect him to get better. And I think the Bulls organization has a lot of faith in him and they want to see him improve. I asked Billy Donovan this last training camp and he kind of brought it up over and over again over the course of the season to make an example of the fact that like the bulls are not going to just like gift Patrick Williams, pick and roll ball handler uh, possessions over the course of a game. Um, that's, that's not what's necessarily going to be best for the team. I think the same is going to be true with Dalen next year. They're not going to just like gift wrap him possessions to go out and provide, you know, provide something offensively or give him some opportunity. Um, so he's going to have to find a way to do that. And if I'm a guy like Dalen, who is not, a spot up shooter who's not who's whose main skill set is not to stand in the corner and shoot threes if that's what i'm being asked to do and i'm not doing a great job at it that's how i lose confidence that's how i don't do the things that um you know i need to do in order to get better so i think he has to this is on him and it's on the bulls organization to be able to uh take advantage of every opportunity that he can to get better at the things that he can do when he's playing next to Demar and Zach, but then also throughout the course of a game um, in the flow, whether it's transition or, you know, coming off of screens and, and just creating space. Um, he needs to take advantage of that because who knows how many of those opportunities he'll get. So it's, it's going to be tough, but I think if the bulls are going to try to get better, they have to bank on internal improvement. And that kind of starts with some of these young guys. Um, and that probably means, you know, like working with a shot doctor, um, working with the shot doctor, um, 
working with a shot doctor, like getting <laughs> your shot better, working with a shot doctor. Uh, so they need a they need to work with a shot doctor. Speaking it into existence, Will. Um, all right, let's take a pause there, and then we'll come back and dive into the crazy weekend action from the NBA Conference Semifinals. Big Dave, who is our first shout-out of the day? Oh, so of course, you know, main man, baby Joey, um, had a wild weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was, it was a wild weekend for him. You know, I'm becoming used to him by now. You know what I'm saying? But it's still somewhat surprising, you know, there's a couple things he asked me to hold for him that, you know, he, he told me, don't ask no questions. He told me not to open the box. Don't worry about that. So <laughs> just leaving that there, man. I'm not even going to trip on that, man. But, well, but the other what's thing. What's in the box, baby Joe? That's what I said, man. That's what I said, man. <laughs> just, he just looked at me, man. He just gave me a look that I'll never forget. It haunts my dreams. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so he, when he did that, you know, he still looked at me before he left. And he said, you know what? I never understood. And I was like, what's that, baby Joe? He said, I ain't get it. He just never, ever understood. He won't get it, and he won't understand why. Why these sunglasses cost so much money. He don't want to pay all that money. He wants to look cool in them premium polarized shades for an affordable price. Well, guess what? They're Shady Rays, y'all. Of course, that independent sunglasses company offers that world-class product that is just as good as any expensive pair that you have ever put on your sexy face. The durable frames, the extremely clear optics for your outdoor, and as Parlay Pack proves all the time, your indoor adviciones. It's not a word. That's not all. Of course, it's the Matt Peck lost in broken replacements plan, y'all. Oh, that hat just was thrown in anger. Because the parlay didn't come through, but he forgot the glasses on the hat. Oh, they are snapped in half. He is not happy. But he immediately gets happy because he understands there's a second half to the game, so he can still get that parlay. But also, he can just send those broken glasses back in, and they will send him a brand new pair. And also, if you don't like the pair that you got on, let's say you as smooth as my man Will the Maverick Gottlieb over here, and you like, I ain't feeling these shades. I'm going to send them on back. Because I want to look cool when I'm standing out there. First of all, you're not going to look as cool as the goat. You need to understand that. But second of all, you can get a real cool pair of shades, though, and then say, boom, I'm going to get that back as long as you send it back within 30 days. No questions asked. No risk to you when you shop. And they will always have your back. So, exclusively for the listeners out there, Shady Rays is giving their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use that code CHGO for 50% off of two-plus pairs. Of premium polarized shades. Drive it yourself. It's them shades, y'all. Rated over five stars for over two hundred and fifty thousand people. Join them, cause the shady rays. What well, the rays are? Oh, oh, so shady, so shady. <laughs> well, now that we know what Baby Joseph has been getting up to recently. Um, what about grown up Joseph? Are you are you there, Joe? Are you ready? Do you want to talk about comment with me? <laughs> no. <laughs> the comment energy efficiency program whoa, whoa, is committed whoa, whoa. to helping. You got oh. to give me oh. some time here. <laughs> oh. On these remote shows, it takes me a second not to pull it up, but just to get in here on the reads. I'm I've got a lot of. Where'd the hat come from? <laughs> a lot of duties. What's the on. What's the jersey you got you got hung up there behind you? That is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. 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 Sure. Welcome. Well done. Well done. The uh, Slim Reaper. Look at those okay. lights above you, though, Joey. What? Look at those lights above you, sir. Very bright. Wow. Uh, that's why I need my shitty rays. But I also want to talk about the Combat Energy Efficiency Program, which is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities that they serve, helping mm. manage energy usage and lower energy bills now, but also into the future. That's right, Uncle Joey. Comet offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Comet also offers a free facility assessment that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, and industrial processes. Wow! How does it work? I'll tell you. An authorized engineer works with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs, Joe. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. 
Then within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects they can start working on right away. Each recommendation includes estimated energy savings, cost savings, those are dollars in your pocket, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback plans. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy, both of those things, today, right now. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comment.com slash powering biz. Matt, that seems so easy and effective. Is that comment.com slash powering biz? It is, Joe. It is easy and it is effective. And it was correct. Comment.com slash powering biz. That's B-I-Z biz. Schedule your appointment today. There he is. Uncle Joe. There he goes. Uh, All right, gentlemen. Let's start in the Eastern Conference where we had two Sixers Celtics games, epic, and one Heat Knicks game, not so epic. I want to start with the Knicks Heat because – I don't know about you guys. I have very little say uh, to say about game three of that series. We finally at least got all people healthy enough to play. You know, Julius Randle sits game one. Butler sits game two. Uh, They're both active in game three. I know I said because I'm a 90s NBA meathead that I was looking forward to this classic 90s Eastern Conference playoff class Mm -hmm. between these two teams. Mm -hmm. Game three was where I drew the line. That was just (laughs) – Ugly and terrible and not fun to watch and not entertaining. The Knicks shot 34% from the field. The Heat, triumphant as they were, shot 39% from the field. The Knicks shot 20% from three. The Heat shot 22% from three. The Heat dominated the free throw line. Surprise, surprise. And they win this game and they win it fairly easily. That's all I have to say about game three between these teams. Well, let me go next because I'm gonna make mine even quicker, so I can hand it off to Will. Because I told you I didn't see, I didn't care about either one of these teams. I knew this series <laughs> was going to be trash. I was like, this is going to be trash. Period. I was, I know what I'm gonna be looking at. Julius Randle looks like uh, a classic Tibbs player right now. <laughs> like you know, did all my stuff in the regular season, run a little deep run in the playoffs, and I am gassed <laughs> and I ain't got nothing left. That's what he looks like right now. And yeah, they got their ass whipped. Uh, Really, really bad. Uh, hopefully, the ass women's will continue by somebody and gets this series over with so we can get to the next round. Please, thank you. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I hate to say that I'm used to watching such poor and low-level three-point shooting performances, but I am. I'm desensitized. Uh, I mean, to, to score combined less than 200 points is pretty hilarious, but it is, it is the playoffs. It is to... Uh, you know, rock fighting teams. I don't have a lot to say about the series. I feel like this is just going to be a grinded out who can like, who can outlast the other as opposed to like, who's going to be more creative. Who's going to have the better adjustments. Who's going to go off and like have their, it's like, this is just, who's going to last longer. They're just going to keep like throwing haymakers at each other. And whoever's left standing is going to be, the one that advances to somehow the conference finals. Like, how did we get here? <laughs> Cause it's the playoffs wheel and anything can happen because you never know. That's how we're here, sir. It happens. Yeah. Uh, Cameron in the uh, comments said, Hemi Butler putting the Knicks down three, one tonight. I-, I would not be shocked if that happens. And, and then I think if-, if that happens, then what might happen is what happened with heat bucks. The heat might say, all right, let's end the series in five. Let's just take care of it now so that we can give Jimmy a few extra days of rest before we go to the conference finals and are going to be gross underdogs, regardless of who comes out of Sixers Celtics. I, I, I thought I was like, okay, well, so the Bucks would even that up two two, and then and then the Bucks will figure things out, and then they'll go on to win that series against the eight seeded Heat because of course they will. No, he went up three one in a game that the Bucks should have had, and then the Heat closed them out in five. I think if the Knicks can win tonight, they can still win the series. I think if it's uh, a Heat win and a 3-1 lead, like Cameron in the comments said, over in five. Wild. Yeah, I can, I can see that. And, yeah, I think you're right. And also another player, Tyler Hero, this also helps them getting that over with and done uh, because, you know, he's dealing with that broken hand and this just gives him more time to heal up and maybe make a return if they get to that conference finals at some point in time during then. So, 
that only bolsters the Heat lineup, you know, bolsters their three-point shooting and things like that. So, yeah, it's 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 a lot on the line, as it is in every playoff game. But, yeah, yeah. definitely a lot on the line tonight. Uh, game four, Nick's Heat tips off in a couple hours, 6.30 Central time tonight. First of a doubleheader. Yay. Let's get to the more interesting series in the East. Celtics took a 2-1 lead on Friday night. Then, man, game four of Celtics Sixers was awesome and yes. chaotic and awesome some more and chaotic some more. Uh, dramatic comeback by the Celtics, who were down big for long, large stretches of that game. They take the lead, then cough up that lead with some big shot making from James Harden to get that game to OT. Uh, I, I don't know where you guys want to start. I want to start with Jason Tatum drive and kick at the end of regulation, drive and kick again at the end of OT. <laughs> at both times, he found an open Marcus Smart, and at the end of regulation, Smart got a clean look and missed it. In OT, how do you mismanage the clock that badly? I don't understand. If you're not going to take the time out, Missoula, because you just have faith in your team, fine. If you're, if you're going that route, fine. But you're, it's, it's not like the game's tied. You're down. You can't, it is inexcusable to not get a shot off. Oh, gee, what does that make me think of? Oh, right, Grayson Allen at the end of the Bucs season. But it's Jason Tatum. Like, he, he collapses the defense because he's Jason Tatum and then makes these great passes to Smart at the end of OT, at the end of regulation. That's great, but you have to get a shot off there at the end of overtime. I don't, do you guys take issue with the fact that Tatum wasn't the one shooting the ball and was driving and kicking instead of shooting? Go ahead, Will. I don't know. I feel like you just you have to make the right play. I think you know, LeBron has sort of pushed the pushed the old like Kobe MJ mentality of like I need to be the one that takes the last shot to we just need to find the right shot. And obviously, they didn't even get the right shot, so maybe it's a moot point, but um yeah, just it really did remind me of the Grayson Allen thing, who's probably like still euro stepping around Milwaukee somewhere. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing that's like you leave it on the table and that could that could be like something that comes back and haunts them. I mean, the, the, that that if you go up 3-1, obviously you're in like a really good position to now win that series like in game five. And now maybe the, the Sixers have some momentum and has been back a few games. Maybe they have some, you know, ability to adjust and... and beat down the Celtics mentally a little bit and actually pull the series out. I mean, that that's huge. That's just huge to not be able to get a shot off. Um, that's like the one guarantee that you need to have. And that's, I think we've had this conversation about DeMar and Zach all year is like, well, the shot may not always go in with DeMar, but you know, you're getting a good shot. And that's, we've, we've seen it a couple of times now in this playoffs where teams just aren't able to get that shot off. Oh, well, I'm glad you brought up uh, LeBron because that's kind of where I was going with this because I, I'm on the other side of it. Sometimes the, the right play is the wrong play. And this is what I mean in this in this instance is, yes, that, that was the right play to make. Yes, that was the right pass to make. I had even just – I put out a tweet in that fourth quarter talking about how clutch I thought Marcus Smart has been throughout his time in Boston in the fourth quarter. I just don't think it's discussed enough. That dude hit some key buckets throughout his career in Boston in the fourth quarter. Drilled a that, big, drilled a big three late in the fourth quarter of that game four. Colossal, colossal. With that said, don't give a damn because it's the playoffs. In the playoffs, it's it's come down to your best player or even your second best player, and because it's about creating those moments. And I know the right play is to get it out to somebody that's open, and they hit the three and all that. Even if the person, the thing is, if the person hits the three they don't get all the adulation and love. It goes to the person, the star who passed the ball. You're like, man, he makes the right play. That was the right thing to do, man. Look at that pass he put on him. Even if when he misses the shot, it doesn't go to that player either. It goes to the star. Dude, why you pass the ball? You're supposed to not do that in that situation. You're supposed to have that. My point is, it's on you. And if it's going to be on you, then you got to be the one to bring it home or we riding with you, period. It's one of the reasons people love Jimmy Butler so damn much. It's not just because he's a complete player. It's because you can look at many times when Jimmy Butler says, shut up, coach. Give me the damn ball. We're riding. 
And that's why people love him so much is because of those points in the game where he doesn't care about making the right play. He doesn't care about who's around him. He cares about this is on me, period. And I'm going to mm-hmm. make that move and make that play. And that's why people love it. You know, you love those kind of players. It ain't always about making the right play. Now, yes, it was percentage-wise, all that stuff. That is correctly the right play, and that is what should have done. And Marcus Smart even hit the shot. Like you said, Matt, in regulation, it just, you know, was after the clock went out, you know? But it's about Jason Tatum, man. You can't be telling me you built for Kobe and you love Kobe and don't do Kobe stuff. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, Kobe stuff is – Kobe was the greatest bad shot maker I've ever seen in my life. Kobe Mm -hmm. horrible shots and was drilling them. And I mean drilling them shots, dog. That's what it comes down to in the playoffs. Regular season, all that, okay, great. I'm talking about the playoffs, bro. When it's the playoff time, it's got to be on you at some point in time, man. It just can't be just you, you know, giving that ball off. You And I'm not saying if you're not triple team and the guy's wide open, you don't make that pass. I get that. But like you said, Matt, twice, two times, that's where it comes in. You know what I'm saying? That's why everybody's looking like, dude, what you doing, dog? What, what do you want like that? So, so yeah, man, like he's got he's to wear that. He has to. He got to wear it. I thought Joe, you want to chime in? Yes. What you're talking about is interesting. And I actually think, you know, Dave's it's it's all it's all narratives and it's very like results driven for sure. So I just think like hundred percent. Like I think if Marcus Smart hits that shot, then we're obviously talking about it differently. But I just I think it's particularly interesting. I don't necessarily have a take either way. But I just think in this game, particularly, you could be talking about that a ton on the other side of the ball as well, on the other on the other team as well. And so I saw this tweet yesterday that I liked, and it's like, I mean, could you imagine if uh, Harden misses that shot and Embiid is just getting flamed all off season for passing up that big look? The the narrative about Harden being not clutch in the playoffs continues, mm-hmm. and it just it just totally made me think about how how that one shot and how it could totally have just unfolded a completely different way if that doesn't go in the difference on that joey is james harden to that point had 42 that's the difference on that james harden was cooking them cats all game long if marcus smart had hit eight threes you know that game all right you know what i'm saying cool all right he on fire i get that we just living with that you know what i'm saying yeah. That dude Marcus Harden Smart, was on plain old fashioned fire. Harden. That is true. That's I know. Good, I'm just saying he was on fire. That's, that's all. A, that's that's all I'm point. saying. That's a good point, and it's important context. James Harden is one of the best <laughs> offensive players in recent memory. It's, it's the MVP right here. Yeah. yeah. Like so, he, he would get flamed if it went to Tobias Harris. <laughs> then you're getting flamed. You know what I'm saying? To your point about Tatum and those being those playoff moments that make you and define you and define your legacy. Harden's had two huge games in this series. Yeah. Win in game one, win in game four to prevent them from going down 3-1. It's, it's not enough to completely wipe away all of the playoff choking that he has done throughout his career. And he, even within this series, like games two and three, James Harden, it was like, dude, where you at? Where you at? Where you at, James Harden? But some epicness from James Harden, at least in this series, is making it – more interesting, more entertaining, and more even. If we don't get massive performances from Harden in games one and four, this is like a four-game Celtic sweep, Will. Absolutely. I mean, these are the kinds of performances that, you know, you look around the rest of the league and, like, you need guys to step up here and there. Like, for the most part, you're going to get what you get from your superstar players, and James Harden, I think, has fallen a notch below that level. Um, Mm. And he's had some stinkers here, too, but... You just need guys to like step up and be that dude in a game to help your stars push it over the top. And you've seen it from like Max Struess having six threes in the first half against the Bulls in in the play-in, or just like somebody stepping up. And if that if it's got to be James Harden that does it, it's got to be James Harden. But um, the Celtics obviously just have so many more options of of guys that that could be. They're just way deeper. Um, so that's even more pressure on the high-end talent on the 76ers to to carry the rest of the team. And Embiid has been solid, but obviously the knee, I don't think he's 100%, so it's got to be hard. Like, you just need to be that guy. And and he, like, the fact that they're even 2-2 with some of the bad games is is almost impressive because even when he's playing at his absolute best, 
they're narrowly getting out of these games in overtime because a shot was 0.3 seconds, 0.2 seconds after the buzzer. Yeah, yeah let me ask, let me ask Will real quick. Uh, did you have an issue with uh, a, not a timeout not being taken on either one of those possessions for Boston? Um, I need I would need to like go back and kind of watch the play and and feel it out a little bit more. But I do think in general, like for example, the the Bucks play where they didn't call a timeout mm-hmm. when you're under your basket and there's two seconds, like that's the low hanging fruit that you miss, obviously. Mm-hmm. But if you're like in, so then you compare that to like the the Jordan Poole shot where he was like a little bit too far and Steph got doubled and had to get the ball out of his hands. Like, should they have called a timeout there? I like the idea of letting your team and your players try to get a shot against a defense that's not yet set. But if it comes at the expense of like actually getting a good look, then that's where you start to have an issue. So it's like a really fine line, but you have to be kind of quick with the trigger because if you're like halfway through a possession, you realize it's not going anywhere. Then you got to be like, you got to call a timeout with enough time to then draw something up for the next play or just let it play out and, and hope it works. So it's a really tough call, especially like in the moment, in the middle of a possession like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Will, on that. And that usually I would prefer if it's my team I'm rooting for and it's a late game scenario like that, n- not using the timeout and certainly not right away to see if you can get something against a defense that's not set. But that that Celtics final possession, they got a stop and that, they got the ball with what, 17, 18 seconds left? Yeah, around. And they wasted 10 or 11 of those seconds um, like before they actually got into their action and a screen was set and Tatum made a move towards the basket. Like in, in that scenario, then maybe uh, as you were saying, rethink that halfway through, maybe use a timeout if you have it and then try and set something up. Uh, they, I, they just, they just dicked around and wasted precious seconds. And that's, while... that's what we have come to know about the Celtics team. They just mm-hmm. don't go out and like, get it when they need to. Um, it's also an interesting calculus when you think about like, you know, you have 17 seconds left, you're down. What were, were they down one or two at that point? They were down one. Down one. So like you do just need the last shot because if you, if you try to get something quick, then maybe you get a layup and you foul and you're playing the foul game and now you're down one again, but you've got less time to get a shot. So you may as well just like take the three if you're down two or like save the last shot for yourself and don't necessarily play the free throw game. I'm not sure like what the analytics departments would tell you about that. But to me, it's like you give yourself the last chance to win a game. You don't want to like, you don't want to be in a position where you're playing defense for the last shot or you are hoping that somebody else fails. Like you want to have control over your own destiny in those situations. So obviously you go a second or two sooner. um, But that's kind of what happened with the, with the Jimmy shot where he, uh, flipped it up and the, and the Bucks had two and a half seconds left. And if they hadn't made a huge boneheaded, you know, mistake, then they have a real opportunity to win that game because you saved them the last shot. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll take a second break here, then come back and dive into what's going on out West to wrap up today's show, which is brought to you by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, the chase for the NBA title in full swing. Obviously it's what we're talking about. Well, the best in the NBA battle now, you can get all the playoff action at your fingertips with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay. Make one for each of the NBA playoff games tonight. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, play the same-game parlay on any NBA game. If your bet loses... They'll give you a bonus bet back and the amount of your initial bet up to $10, which is perfect because that's my preferred dollar amount when I'm making my parlays. Download the app now. Don't forget that promo code CHGO to take advantage of that offer for new customers. $5 down on any NBA money line, $150 in bonus bets. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Foothill Casino and Resort. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Mm. And it's time, y'all. It is time to get fitted out. 
in the best sports gear around. Where is that? CHGO? Yes. Ballsports.com? Yes. But you know where it definitely is at? FOCO, ladies and gentlemen. FOCO's got you covered. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in betwixt. It's spring, and it's baseball season. Aloha shirts. I'm going to probably get that for Will. I think he can pull that off better. Straw hats. I'm going to get that for Matt because I've seen him in a hat that he didn't like, and he still looked amazing in it. Polos, bags, everything you need for the game. And, of course, when we're at the office, you guys got to look behind us and see what Foco hooked us up with, man, because they took care of the crew, y'all. They always had us set up looking nice. And if you go around the office, you see them joints put up everywhere, man. There's Erlacher and Jordan and Walter Payton splattered all over everywhere. And it is awesome to look at. And we have Foco to thank for that. So check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below. For all non-pre-sale items, use the promo code CHGO, that is C-H-G-O, and get yourself 10% off because it's FOCO for show. All right, guys, out west, uh, Lakers routed the Warriors in game three of that series on Saturday, 127-97. I don't have a ton of thoughts on this game compared to Suns, uh, and uh, Nuggets, but I, I think that the one stat that everybody was talking about in this game was the Warriors shooting 17 free throws and Lakers shooting 37. Uh, yikes, yikes, yikes. I, not surprising. We know we've been talking about it since LeBron made that grandiose Shakespearean tragedy death complaint about officiating earlier this season. And we know that the Warriors have never really been a high free throw shooting team, a high free throw rate team. So it's not like it came out of left field, but it's like how many times are we going to see a, a free throw attempt disparity like this in the playoffs in the Lakers' favor until we say, like, is this are we, really? So, really? So listen, man, because that's exactly what I wanted to talk about. And one, I turned the game off because of this. Like, <laughs> I cut the game off, dog. I was, I'm not watching this, man. This is crazy. Plus, I was watching uh, Backlash. Shout out, WWE. But my boy Dre sent me this stuff, man. Uh, shout out to Boss Hog also, who put this up. So, he sent me the free throw totals for what's going on in round two this year for these teams. All right? Total free throws. 76ers and Celtics, 84-79. Heat and Knicks, 77-72. Nuggets and Suns, 57 to 40. Lakers and Warriors, 83 to 39. Stop it. Steph Curry. Steph Curry has seven free throws in 99 minutes. Dennis Schroeder has 18 free throws in 69 minutes. Come on. And Steph Steph has way more drives to the bucket than Dennis Schroeder. I, I was gross. This is gross to me. Like, this is really gross to me. I don't like when refs decide the outcomes like this, man. It's just frustrating. It was frustrating to watch. I was disappointed in that game, and, and I just didn't want to watch that, man. But, yeah, it's 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 for me, it's it's a little out of hand. That's a little out of hand, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but I think – it's the fact that the Warriors are struggling so much with Anthony Davis. Like this mm. dude is playing out of his mind and they are not doing enough to get him out of the paint. And if they can't get him out of the paint, then they can't go into the paint. So they can't draw mm. those fouls. They can't get shots at the rim. And they're also not like they didn't win the three point battle either. So it's like, if you're not going to be able to drive and get baskets at the rim, that also means you're not going to get to the free throw line. And if you're also not, Making, I mean, they they shot pretty poorly from three. Took forty four of them, which is which is a lot, but only made thirteen to the Lakers fifteen. So if you're losing the three point battle and the free throw battle, it's just it's nearly impossible to win. Even as good as you know Stephen Clay and all those guys are, it's just really difficult when you're facing against you're you're so far uphill against the math. So um, I that I didn't realize that that was true about uh, Dennis Schroeder and, and some of the free throw volume things going on but like 
they just they need to get Anthony Davis away from the rim. And as scary as it is to like put him in pick and rolls, like they just they mm-hmm. got to do that. And and will to your point, real quick about what you're saying about Anthony Davis, the game that they won when when they brought in uh Jamichael when they brought in Jamichael yeah. Green and Ed Davis was kind of coming out of the paint. The free throw disparity was 17 to 16 Golden State's way. Yeah. So that adds and to then that. The, the Lakers adjusted by um, putting, wow, man, what was the exact matchup? I think it was Anthony Davis or Van, no, they moved Vanderbilt onto Jamichael Green and had mm-hmm. Austin Reeves on Steph. Reeves so on Curry. That, yeah. That allowed them to keep Anthony Davis in the paint. And it's just like, you need to have five out. You like, you can't. Yeah, it's so tough with Draymond as good as he is at like, you know, getting Ooh. those passes and just shuttling right into a dribble handoff. It's like you, you need to have Ooh. him on the floor, but it's really difficult when he just you don't need to guard him. And yeah. you just need to have you need to have elite shooters around him at all time. But then you know, if you have pool out there, then you're fouling him every single time. And now you're in the bonus. <laughs> and now they're just like they're getting free throws every single time. And it's just it's a really tough. It's a tough situation for them to be in. I, I think it all kind of it comes back to like these two really conflicting philosophies, which is like playing good defense and not fouling. And if you want to do that, then you have to have the right personnel out there versus really just trying to beat them offensively and outgun them from three. And that's a separate set of personnel. So how do you get, who's the, who's the one that fits both of those the best Um, because Mm -hmm. they can't really give on either. Yeah. And, and about that little switcheroo that Golden State tried with with Michael, which allowed them to get the split, you know, in the first. Um, I mean, yeah, it was maybe it was an homage to uh, Bulls great Keith Bogans as the playoff starter. Michael Green played eleven minutes and scored two points in their game four loss, or uh, yeah, game their game three loss. So, it will we'll be curious to see if Steve Kerr. Uh, flips the daisies that again. Uh, no word on their starting lineup yet tonight. That is game four tonight, nine o'clock Chicago Central Time. Second half of the back to back. All right, wrap it up with Suns and Nuggets. So much going on in this series. We'll try to get to as much of it as we can with our time remaining. I said on one of our shows recently, the Suns don't have a prayer, especially now without Chris Paul, unless they get 70 to 85 points from Booker and KD collectively. Mm-hmm. They did that in game three, and then they did that again in game four. Absolutely wild. Devin Booker, I'm, I've never been a huge fan, but the thing that we used to talk about as Bulls fans of Devin Booker, Zach Levine, and, like, shout-out to our guy Joe Kelly. I saw him tweeting about it yesterday, this morning. That conversation's over. It's certainly at least over for now. Holy crap, Devin Booker. Holy crap is the word. For me, it was over when he dropped 70. But <laughs> but but man, dude, yes, for me, Devin Booker's been the best player in the playoffs. That's wild for me to say, because that's just something I didn't see coming at all. Every shot that went up, you're like, that's going in. I've only felt that about one other player, and it's the player on his team in Kevin Durant, where every shot you put up, it's going in. He unreal, and he's running point as well. Like He's bringing the ball up as well. And, and finding guys, man, there's no answer for a bucket. I don't care. There's no defense for a bucket, dog. Like, play whatever great defense, whatever you want on it. Buckets is what it's about. And he was getting buckets on top of buckets. And also, shout out to the Joker who dropped 53 quietly. It's the most quiet 53 I've ever seen in my life. 53, what, 11 assists? Did he have 11 assists? Like, insanity. <laughs> insanity yeah. man he is eating Aiton and everybody up under there man it is vicious what he's doing but and he shot what man. 20 of 30 from the field 30, <laughs> yeah. uh, good god man that's just that's special shit that really is that is really special stuff so yeah the nuggets have got to find a way honestly i just think both teams did what both teams are supposed to do you go to home you want to you go home you want to now it's that three game series that i love so much and this is where all the strategy and all those things come into play also, I'm curious to see if Chris Paul decides to sit out the rest of this because it feels like they play a little faster when Chris Paul's not on the floor. So Bingo. I'm going to be interested to watch that as well, man, and see what happens, Will. I think it's also like, I mean, you kind of said it. It's just, it's shot making. Like you, these teams are just like making everything. Like both of these teams shot 56, 57% <laughs> in this game. 
Booker, 14 of 18. Like, you score 36 oh points on God. 18 shots. It's absurd. <laughs> and I think, like, again, we're, we're a Bulls podcast. I'm going to tie it back to the Bulls here for a second. Like, I think the Bulls want to play the same offensive profile as the Suns, right? Like, they want to get a lot of mid-range shots. They're good at that. They want to try to get to the free throw line. They're not going to shoot a lot of threes. But in order to score 130 points in a game, you need to shoot 56%. You need to get to the line 30 times a game. And that's what they did. Obviously, um, they got some help from Shamit, who hit five threes. Yeah, um, and, mm-hmm. and you do need that sort of supplement. That was the other thing I was talking about, like having that other guy that steps up around some of your core guys. But to have sort of a stinker from Aiton, um, you really need Booker and KD to do exactly what Booker and KD did. 12 assists for Booker, too. I mean, this dude is just so freaking good. And that's that's how you need to play if you're going to have that style because you are facing a bit of an uphill battle. Um, the, the nuggets also 22, three point attempts kind of, kind of feels low for them. Um, it's just, it's such an interesting, uh, stylistic series. Um, and I think it really will come down to like, whose best player is the best player on any given night. And even though Jokic was statistically like, you know, 53 and 11, um, still not good enough it's just it's it's such an interesting wow. series that way yes yeah and i think you got to give some credit to monty williams who made a bold adjustment shifting back uh, to games three and four with like prioritizing having more shooting out there yeah. when, like we talked about how the fact that it maybe the biggest surprise through the first couple of games in any conference semis series is that the nuggets won two ugly games at home with their defense and like who saw that coming and monty adjusted and was like you know what I got to have more shooting out there. And, you know, you mentioned the big uh, night that uh, Landry Shaman had off the bench. Um, I, th- I think that that gamble certainly has paid off for Monty thus far to allow them to even that series. Devin Booker, just one more hilarious stat that I saw. Um, two variations of it. First player in NBA history to score 300 or more points in their first nine postseason games of a postseason run with a true shooting percentage of 70 Seven, not 60, 70 <laughs> bonkers. And then I think his his total point total after their game four win is like 321, 323, something like that. Most points through the first nine games of a postseason run since, of course, Michael Jordan in 1990. Of course. Insane. Okay, real quick. No suspension for Nikola Jokic. That just broke right as we were about to go live uh, for that weird interaction he had with the Suns owner, Matt Ishbia, who tweeted out himself, don't suspend Jokic for this. Don't suspend anybody or fine anybody. Just, you know, just, just it was a great game. It was a great game. It was a great win for us. Let's move on to game five. I don't know about you. Well, I'll- Ridiculous he did. What? What? I was more mad at uh, the Suns owner for that ridiculously terrible flop. That's what, that's what I was mad about. Yeah. What are you doing? That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Don't be telling me you don't want to suspend it or you out here flopping every which way out there, man. That was annoying watching that. But, I mean, I probably would react the same way. I came front. Ah! 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 That hurt. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. But if it's going to help my team, you know, who knows? Who knows how it works? But I did find that, like, one, when he did it, the other fan that just came and kind of touched Jokic, who probably didn't even feel that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He gets kicked out. And the owner, like, nobody else gets kicked out because it's always the second person in a fight, kids. Always remember that. It's always the second person. Um, also, I also found it really interesting that this happens while he's sitting next to Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> and I found that hilarious. I found that absolutely hilarious. On the day Isaiah Thomas is sitting next to him, this kind of stuff goes down. I like the react. I like Joker's reaction. Like, dude, he's supposed to protect the players. Mike um, Malone, when they were like, "Yeah, that's the owner," he's like, "I don't give a shit." Like, like, like it is. It, yeah, it's been fun. This is what you want in the playoffs. This is the kind of high drama stuff that I look for in the playoffs. Will this is why you go to the playoffs? Am I right, Dave? That's why you go, Will. That's why we're here. Entertain me. <laughs> entertainment pure entertainment value uh Jokic did get hit with a $25,000 fine I just saw on Twitter that's so fair. that's fair okay I get that but I thought the it's whole like 
interacting with a fan, a player for being forbidden and ab- like guarantee automatics suspension and or fine, whatever the, the rule book states. Um, to me, that doesn't count. It's like, no, it's the owner sitting courtside and he's the one who was being a dick, not Joker. So like, I'm glad, I'm glad. Okay. 25,000. I think Jokic can afford that. Uh, I'm mostly glad that some stupid suspension was not levied down yeah. because I want as entertaining of a game five as games three and four just were. So you don't yeah, get that without, true. without the Joker. But you better believe the Draymond Dream podcast is coming, and you know what he's going to be talking about. You know what's going to be happening on that pod, son. So be ready. But I got suspended for Draymond <laughs> Just be ready is all I'm telling you. Be ready. <laughs> all right, y'all. We are uh, just under 90 minutes away from Knicks Heat game four tip-off. Get your bets in. Get your same-game parlays in at DraftKings Sportsbook for that one. And game four Lakers-Warriors late night. Mm. Um, also in our CHO fam, a lot of stuff still going on later on tonight. We obviously have Cubs and Sox in action. The Cards, who are pathetic and I love it, and our old friend Willie Contreras in town to play the Cubs. Post game, we'll, uh, we'll be there for that. We got Sox post game after Sox take on the Royals in Kansas City. And we are a week and a day away from the NBA draft lottery to see if the Bulls get like you jump up. holiday is that night for our friends in that Blackhawks fam. Catch our guys, Jay, Mario, Greg, doing a live show tonight for the NHL draft lottery. Blackhawks, 11.5% odds better Mm. than Bulls. So Mm. tune in for that. Tune in for Cubs post. Tune in for Sox post here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Um, We'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll be in studio 4 o'clock Chicago time. Until then, you can follow Will on the Twitter machine, Will underscore Gottlieb. Send him any and all of your Bulls thoughts and questions for his next mailbag coming out soon. Big day. Bow. B-A-W-L sports. I'm Bulls underscore Peck. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Shout out and thanks to our pal producer, Uncle Joseph Spathis. Uncle Joey. We'll talk to y'all tomorrow. Until then, see Red be good. PHNX, buy one, get one free on the t-shirt, y'all, if you need one. They got them. Peace.